0: I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org.
1: Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our scripture this morning is from Exodus, chapter 1, verses 6 through 20. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending the entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly, they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must, take a plan to keep, excuse me, we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians impressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix, mortar, and make bricks, and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave his order to the Hebrew midwives Shipra and Puah. When they, when you help, excuse me, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch when they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live, too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly, we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. This is the word of God for the people of God.
2: home why should we tarry when jesus is bleeding bleeding for you and for me why should we linger and heed not his mercies mercies for you and for me come home Promise for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home.
0: In Massachusetts, many, many years ago, there was an institution that had accepted a little girl. They called her Little Annie. Little Annie was considered hopelessly insane, and they placed her, even as progressive as this institution was, they placed her in what the employees fondly called the dungeon. And there Annie was sequestered inside a small cage, which where she was to live out the rest of her days. this young girl, little. One of the staff of the institution kind of took heart. She was an elderly nurse. And she decided that she would go down and just visit Annie. She just could not believe that someone was completely hopeless. However, what she quickly discovered was that their fears of Annie were very founded in that she would either respond to herself or other staff members by being violently and violent and attacking them. Or she would just completely withdraw and ignore any kind of interaction with anyone. Those were her two responses. Well, the nurse did not give up on her, she would continue to go down, and those were the two responses she always received. Annie would violently reach the edge of her cage and just pounce as if she was just going to inflict harm on the nurse or she would cower in a corner and not even acknowledge that she was present. One day when she went down into the dungeon to visit little Annie, she had taken brownies. Annie did not acknowledge that she was there or that the brownies were there. But the nurse noticed when she went down the next day, the brownies were gone. And so she continued, she would go down every Thursday with brownies for little Annie. Eventually, the rest of the staff saw a change in this little girl, and they moved her upstairs. Her healing continued to progress until she became so well, so healthy, that the institution said, You can go home, Annie. And Annie said, I don't want to leave. There are so many here that could use the help that I have to give. I understand where they are, and I can offer my assistance. I can give them hope. And so Annie stayed she stayed and offered that gift of hope to others. Many years later, Queen Victoria of England was about to present England's highest award that they give a foreigner to Helen Keller. And the Queen asked Helen, Why have you become such a beacon of hope? How did you do that? You are blind and mute. How did you become a person of hope and be able to give that on to others? Helen's response was, Annie Sullivan, little Annie had become Anne Sullivan who had ministered to Helen Keller regardless of the obstacles that they faced together. She had given Helen hope. She had the courage to give her hope and life. Just as that original nurse had had the courage to go down into the dungeon and sit beside the cage of a little girl, who was considered hopelessly insane, and give her hope. We hear today in our story in Scripture two other women who had the courage to give hope and to give life. But I want to share a little bit of the background of where this comes from because it is so impactful, their story. Shifra and Puah, names that we kind of go, who? When we hear about their names from scripture. The story that is the setting for them is following, this is when uh, the Jews were still in Egypt. They were uh, living in Egypt originally when the uh, Israelites They weren't called Jews then. When the Israelites had gone into Egypt, they had gone because Joseph was there with the Pharaoh and he had been invited to be part of the Pharaoh's court and he was giving them such wisdom that they had food during a famine when no place else did. And so Joseph's own family who had sold him into slavery, the brothers had, came seeking food they were recognized and because of Joseph the the Hebrew the Israelites were welcomed into Egypt come come into Egypt you can live here in our midst we have plenty to share and so they did and the Uh, Israelites just thrived there. Their population was growing and growing and growing. And one very pivotal statement began our scripture reading today. And it said that Pharaoh had no knowledge of who Joseph was. Obviously, this was a Pharaoh. This was a man who had paid no attention to any history lesson he ever had. He didn't know the own history of his own people right there with the Egyptians among them. But regardless of all that, he didn't know the history. And all he could see around him were Israelites and they were outnumbering the Egyptians. And he became afraid. And so he enslaved them. He thought by making them suffer, putting power over them, making them do tasks that were just hideously hard, that that would keep them under control. Well, it wasn't as successful as he thought because they continued to grow in numbers. So he decided the next best thing was he was going to kill all the male children when they were born. And hence, Shifra and Pua. Shifra and Puah, scripture tells us, and we don't know which is which, it really doesn't matter. We don't know if they were Hebrew midwives or midwives that ministered to Hebrew women. Scholars spend way too much time arguing that because the real story is in what they did do and not necessarily which nationality they were of whether they were Hebrew ministering to Hebrews or Egyptians ministering to Hebrews, either way, they were midwives. And midwives would help children be born, help mothers deliver children so that they were healthy and whole. And the Pharaoh had told them, oh, these are the signs, this is what to look for, so that you know when a male child is going to be born and you can kill it before the mother even has a chance to know that her child is born. That was the plan but Shifra and Puah feared God that's what scripture says they feared God and they decided not to do that now we say well if if i was afraid of something i probably wouldn't do it either right that's not what this kind of fear is You see, they trusted God, they knew God, Egyptian or Hebrew, whichever they were, they had heard about God. If they were Egyptian, it was because the Hebrew women had taught them. When they had said, where does your faith come from, where does your peace come from, and they told about their God. This would have been in the midst of childbearing. And so either way, they had come to know God. And God was much more real, much more powerful in their lives than the real life Pharaoh standing right in front of them, telling them to kill the male children. That's what their fear of God meant. They had a a respect for the mystery and the power of God. And they had they drew from that God a courage to defy Pharaoh and to act in the name of life and hope. Well that's a pretty powerful story even if that's where it ended but it's not. You see, God used these very first heroes of the Exodus story to actually bring about the birth of Moses. Moses is known to the Jewish people as their savior. He saved them out of this slavery in Egypt. He was the one that brought to them the Ten Commandments. He had a close relationship with God, so close that he led the people even until today. They still celebrate Moses and Moses' leadership. They celebrate it in the Passover. The fact that God had used Moses in such a powerful, powerful way. Our tradition comes out of that. Christianity was born out of a follower of Judaism, Jesus. He was a Jew and this is his lineage, which makes it ours as well. Shifra and Puah were the ones that made the legacy possible. That made the fact that you and I sitting here today, sit here today as Christians. They started the story. They had the courage to do so. The fact that their names are named in Old Testament scripture is powerful. You folks can sit here today and you can recall the names of people, specific names, I'm sure, of people who have impacted your lives. want to tell you a story of a courageous person that impacted mine. In an everyday way, Carl Bailey was my mail carrier. When I was First, a stay-at-home mom. I had retired from teaching. I was staying home with my first son, Andrew. We lived in a tiny little house in a little teeny neighborhood. And so I noticed. I mean, it was just Andrew and I hanging out all the time. So I noticed when the mail carrier would come. And I noticed as he came down the street that he would kind of peer in windows of homes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, the mail carrier is a peeping Tom. I was a little bit alarmed, kind of pulled the shade down, that kind of thing, when he would come around. But I got to talking to the neighbors, and they said, no, 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 you've got him all wrong. Carl is a saint. You see, his job may be to... Carry our mail and bring it to our houses, but he cares about each one of us. Carl takes time to notice. He has found several people, several of our elderly neighbors who were lying on the floor, and he called for help for them. He was the one that saved their lives. He's also delivered a couple babies. When he's peeked in a window and seen someone who is just desperate and just has no one else there to assist, he's helped out until the paramedics could come. He's had the courage to step out and be who God called him to be, not just a mail carrier delivering pieces of paper and mail, but someone who really cares about who lives at those addresses. That's who God really called them to be. That's who God called Shifra and Pua to be. That's who God called the nurse and Annie to be. People who had the courage to live their lives in a way that gave others hope and life. Sometimes courage, acting out on courage, can take us to places that we don't anticipate. In Shepherd, Michigan in 2013, the newspaper wrote that 14-year-old boy saves abducted woman. And the story behind that is 14-year-old James was in his home babysitting his 11- and 2-year-old sister, both of them, 11-years-old and 2-years-old, when there was a loud bang on the door, loud enough that the little girls were frightened. And when James checked at the door, it was a woman who still had duct tape around her body She was bruised, apparently uh, had a broken arm. She was bleeding, and she said, let me in, let me in. He's going to kill me. 14-year-old James had the courage to let her in and the courage enough and common sense enough to protect himself and his sisters. You see, he guided all of them and convinced all three of those under his care, to get into the bathtub of the bathroom, the only place in the house with no window. He locked every door and window in the house and joined them, locking themselves in. And sure enough, the woman's abductor showed up at the house and began to bang at the door relentlessly shouting that he was going to kill everybody in there if they didn't send her out. In the meantime, James had called 911. He had called his parents. All of them were on their way, and it was only once James saw police lights when he peeked out that he had stepped out and let them enter the house only to find that his parents had arrived quite a bit earlier and just were frantic and only to see the fact that because the man could not enter the house, couldn't find a way in, he had started the house on fire and the parents using their own bodies had put the fire out. James had the courage to give hope and life. The woman was able to fully recover. Sometimes being courageous takes us places that we don't anticipate going. But it also, because if we are doing it in the name of the God who gives us the strength, who gives us his presence, who calls us to be courageous, we can recover. We can shake ourselves off and James never considered himself a hero or even courageous. His comment over the years has been, I just did what I knew was right to do. You see, courage is something that we have prayed. You all, I'm sure, are familiar with the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer where it says, Oh God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You see, when we step out in that kind of courage, we are living into what God has called us to be. When we step out in the name of God and in the form that God has called us to be, that is a stepping out regardless of the obstacles that are placed in our path. Five years ago, the Indianapolis Star did an article on um, U- the Indianapolis Colt. End. Um, def- and, uh I'm sorry, I lost all the. Uh, his name was uh, Utech, I believe. Jim Utech. Ben Utech. Thank you. Ben Utech and. He um, had to retire from the Indianapolis Colts at age 33 at that time, five years ago. And Ben is now uh, living in Montana, or Minnesota, I'm sorry, with his wife and three young daughters. And he is, the article states, he is living to forget. And what that means is that he suffered several very damaging concussions. And the prognosis is that he has brain damage that will continue to deteriorate his memory. And he has the courage to continue to move on. He is in the process of writing his memoirs. He has written a song, You Will Always Be My Loves and a song to his wife and three daughters. He also tells about writing a love note to each one of them as he anticipates a time of not remembering them. He's had the courage to continue to be who he is even with the obstacles that are placed in front of him. The courage to know the difference, the things that he cannot change, but the courage to change and continue the things that he loves. No talk about courage would be appropriate without mentioning the cowardly lion of the Wizard of Oz the lion who supposedly had no courage and yet showed amazing courage and it was discovered and kind of proclaimed near the end of that movie that really he had courage all along. Just like you and I. It's there in us all along sometimes it just takes something to draw it out of us and that something can be faith and trust in our God so that we too can choose hope and life. The cowardly lion, once Dorothy in the movie had been abducted by the wicked witch, The cowardly lion with the scarecrow and tin man says, all right, I'm going to go in there. Wicked witch or no wicked witch. Guards or no guards. I'm going in there. I may not come out, but I am going in there and there's one thing that I want you to do for me. Talk me out of it. We too may feel like that, living into the courage that we are called to live. Maya Angelou says that courage is the most important of all the virtues. You see, courage lays the foundation for us to experience fully and extend fully all of God's virtues that he wants us to live according to Jesus Christ. And so, let us echo that prayer. Lord, give us the courage to change the things we can. Amen.